You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. This is a North Division playoff preview about the Edmonton Oilers with Copper and Blues, Preston Hodges. Hello and welcome to another Hapsent Minded. This is the pre-playoff edition and uh, we're going back to our guests from the start of the season to listen in to what they think about their team's playoffs chances. And we're starting today with... Preston Hodginson of Copper and Blue. You're also a freelance writer for for something. When I checked your Twitter bio, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a freelance writer for uh, for the Saint Albert Gazette here in here in Alberta. So you know, I'm splitting my time between actual news and hockey news now. Yeah, and and that's a step up, you know. It's uh, actual news is yeah, uh, maybe more important in the days in today's world. Yeah. You know what? I'd still like to make a full-time living talking about hockey, but you know, you gotta make money somehow, right? So yeah, we, we all know that feeling. You also find him on NHL Hodginson at uh, Twitter, where you you can interact with him. He's very, very nice most of the time, except when uh, certain things happen that you don't really agree upon. And you should obviously <laughs> always follow um, Copper and Blue, but there haven't really been any of the meltdowns this year. I'm a little bit sad about that. Yeah, I know it's been it's been a pretty good year. I know we're second in the division, so we still have a few things that we'll die on a hill on. But overall, it's been a pretty pretty nice season. Yeah, talking about this season, can you can you sort of way uh, how say talk us through how it's been being an Edmonton fan and how Edmonton has played this season? We obviously seen them quite a lot, but have you picked up some things that you weren't really expecting? Um, well, one thing I wasn't expecting was Mike Smith absolutely just turning it up a notch this season and and going into God mode as a goaltender. Um, going into the season, I know a lot of other fans, including myself, had a lot of doubts about whether Mike Smith could be a viable NHL starter, and he's absolutely blown everyone away. I think I don't think he'll be the Vesna winner, but I think he'll definitely be in that uh that range of being maybe fourth or fifth in Vesna win or voting. So he's been at the top of the list of a pleasant surprise. Um, you also got guys like Tyson Berry, which uh, I know a lot of people will criticize for his defensive play uh, myself included. I don't think he's the greatest defensive defenseman, but the fact that he's leading all NHL defensemen in points right now is, is something I didn't think was a possibility. I thought he was going to have a rebound year, but not this much of a rebound year. And then, of course, Connor McDavid. Like, come on. The guy is having a season unlike any other. Um, we haven't seen a guy score at this pace since 1995, and that was Mario Lemieux. So, you know, it's been a tale of some of the unexpected guys, like Mike Smith um, helping the others, and then some of our big guns uh, playing even better than we thought was possible in a 56-game season. Can can we say that you have won the the Taylor Hold Adam Larson trade as well? Ah, uh, you know, I've always been of the fact that I won't blame Larson for his performance, or I will never compare Larson to Taylor Hall. He's been a great player this season, but you know, we still gave up the better player in that deal, so I still think we lost the trade. Um, Larson's play has made it a little more like digestible 
But then you look at Taylor Hall and what he's doing in Boston area. It's like, man, that guy would be fantastic online with McDavid because uh, we're still uh, we're still looking for that left wing for McDavid. So you know, I I I don't think we won the trade. It's a little more digestible now, though. Uh, there is. Uh, I saw there was a discussion about a. Uh... Uh, prolonging the career, uh, his contract or, or getting a new contract up in uh, Edmonton anyway, and and that's good for him. Obviously, he's he's done what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, he's getting more gelled into the team as well, I think. But but yeah, uh, is there any question mark in regards to the season that that you didn't think would jump up, or or that has just more or less um, been the foundation for for the team that you know it could have gone better. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's the bottom six. That's what it's going to come down to in the playoffs. I think our defense has been pretty all right um, and serviceable enough to get us past uh, at least around in the playoffs. But our bottom six is really where it's going to come down to. I know we brought in Kyle Turris to be the third line center. He's been a healthy scratch for the majority of the season. He has not played well. And Ryan McLeod was called up from AHL's uh, Bakersfield Condors and has looked pretty good in that role. And uh, then you got guys like Devin Shore and and Jujar Kara, who suffered some pretty gnarly injuries, but was back on the ice. And they just haven't been scoring at the pace you'd like them to see. I, I've seen a stat that says uh, that shows that some team's penalty kill has a better uh, chance at scoring goals than the Oilers' bottom six. So, you know, we have relied heavily on guys like Leon Dreisaitl uh, and Connor McDavid. And come playoff time, you have to see a step up from the guys in the bottom six, and we just haven't seen that all season. I, I don't understand which teams you are referring to in this case, but but we'll we'll talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> looking looking towards the playoffs, looking towards the Jets, um, you have a great season against them. You won seven, lost two, no draws. Um, is it as loop-sided as that, or, or or going into the series, or do you think it might actually be? tougher to, to go against the Jets than, than it is on paper? Uh, yeah, it's going to be tougher. I I was one of the people cheering for um, the Canadians to lose so we would play the Jets in the first round because the Oilers and Canadians have had some pretty tough matchups this season. Where We're I don't looking feel forward as to confident. that in the second round though, right? Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> I do have Montreal beating Toronto in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know what it is. I just don't trust Toronto in the playoffs. And I think uh, Montreal is uh, – they can turn it up. I've seen it this season against the Oilers. They can turn it up to some playoff intensity that can give skilled players like like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisel, but also guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner some fits. So I'm looking forward to that series. But yeah, circling back to the Oilers and the Jets, um, like I said, I, it's the favorable matchup for the Oilers. Um, but, you know, I also said that last season when the Oilers played the Chicago Blackhawks and um, that they lost that series. So I don't I'm think hesitant. that playoff really happened, you know. Doesn't yeah, count. I know. <laughs> it, it was definitely, we came off a few months of rest, but uh you know, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen, and and I'm hopeful the Oilers can do it. They seemed really good in the regular season um, against the Jets, and both teams play that running gun style. And and on my podcast, we always say, you know, if you're going to get into a running gun game with a team again with Car McDavid and Leon Drysaitel, it's probably likely that Drysaitel and McDavid will win that matchup. So, yeah, I'm hopeful the Oilers can win. I'm 
not going to bet the farm on it because the others have let me down in similar situations before, but uh, I'm definitely hopeful going into it. You obviously mentioned Mike Smith. He's going to be a big part of this, uh, of this series. Uh, but on the other end, you, you have um, some guy named Connor Hellebach and, and um, looking at, at some of the advanced stats here, you got Smith as a um, uh, goal saved above expectations is, is what is it? Fourth in the NHL, 15.3 goals. But on the other hand, you got Hellebach sitting there at, at 80.6 on top of the table. Uh, will it be Hellebach against the uh, dry title and McDavid? Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, the Jets are shorthanded, I think, going into the series uh, up front without Ehlers. I don't, I don't believe he's going to be back for the start of the series, at least. And I believe Edmonton's defense is, at this point in time, more reliable than Winnipeg. So it's really going to come down to how Connor Hellebuck uh, performs in that Winnipeg net. It's if if he's on, it's he can he can steal a series from any team in the league. But uh, you know that that comes down to meeting um, the skill set of Car McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, which is, is very hard to do in this league as we've seen the past few seasons. So yeah, he's going to be the X factor for the Jets for sure, and the Oilers will have to work uh, that much harder to to get goals in on on him. Yeah, you, you mentioned Connor McDavid, and, and you, you compared his season to Mario Lemieux, obviously, and, and that is the comparison that is, is more or less only available. 104 points over the season, um, and, and second in this list is obviously on dry cycle. It's, it's insane when you think about it. And uh, um, has, has Edmonton gone from, from being this two, uh, ray, uh, two tandem horse or, or, or tandem duo to... to to becoming more of a team or is it still carried by these two and and the others have to catch up and, and play nil nil over over their lines yeah uh well like i said with the bottom six being a little um lackluster this season the Oilers definitely improved their top six i think the supporting cast that is surrounding dry and mcdavid are a lot better than years past you know yesi puliarvi coming back into the league and having a really good season um, and, and developing some really good chemistry with McDavid on that top line is, is very encouraging. And we have him on a two-year contract at, I think, $1 million or something. So it's, you're getting good costs there. Dominic Cahoon has been up and down. He's had consistency issues over the year where he looks really good in that top six. And then he has stretches where he just doesn't do anything. Um, luckily he's in a stretch where he's looking really good on the, the left wing of Connor McDavid and he's been getting chances every game. So hopefully that can roll into the playoffs as well. Uh, Yamamoto, um, he was really good last season. Uh, the second half of last season, he's had his struggles this year, but he's still a good offensive four checker. He keeps the puck in, in the offensive end and then Nugent Hopkins again, up and down, but, um, he's Nugent Hopkins. He's a pretty reliable player. He's a two way guy. And, um, he's been pretty pretty much as advertised he's he's scoring at a good clip and uh so i think um the top six of the oilers is a lot more balanced than years past um car mcdavid doesn't have to do everything himself on that line he actually has some guys to play off of and same with leon dreisaitl um the addition of ryan mcleod um onto the third line of the oilers has been really good as well he's a speedy guy who can um create some chances um, and it's better than what we had with the Gaten Haas and Tyler or Kyle Turris and, and stuff like that. So, you know, the bottom six still needs improvement, but that top six is a lot more uh, reliable than, than last season. 
You mentioned Puli Arby. Are you surprised about his performance this year, or is it just that easy to play with Conor McDavid? I think I've been on banging this drum for years that the Oilers should try Yessi Pugliarvi with Connor McDavid. He's the perfect type of player to play with a guy like McDavid. He's a big, strong kid who has a long reach and he has a shooting mentality. He's he's a shot first time kind of player. And the Oilers lacked that type of trigger man on that line forever. Because, you know, Connor McDavid is always going to look for that pass before he looks for the shot. Um, so having a guy like Pugliarvi get to the right position, um, be, be in net front presence and uh, just work hard in the offensive zone. I think he's one of Edmonton's best four checkers. He's absolutely relentless on the puck carrier. He causes turnovers every game and he's a good um, back checker as well. He's always in coming back hard um, to his end and and disrupting the play of opponents. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm just thankful that he was able to come back and and realize his potential i always thought he could be this type of player um, he, he has matured obviously in finland where, where he was the star of the team where he had to lead by example and and i think that benefited him a lot compared to uh, being lost a little bit in the shuffle between the ahl and the nhl um I'm a huge fan of Pugliarvi. I'm, I'm finding it interesting that you say he's he is the a shot type player because obviously the number two guy in that draft was uh, a certain Patrick Liner who definitely has the shoot first mentality. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, no, and, he's. Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And and he has left uh, the Jets, which might have gotten a little bit better with with the addition of uh, Pierre Lacroix. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm still a Patrick Laine fan through and through. We all are. Uh, Pierre Luc, yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois is a good player, but um, I think the the offensive ceiling is obviously a lot higher with uh, a guy like Patrick Laine. Um, I'm just upset about how his career has gone. He's shown he's had a few really good seasons, and he just hasn't gotten that trust from coaches. And um, I didn't change when he went to Columbus either, right? You know, Tortorella, like three games in, sat him for like half the game. I think you have yeah. to give guys like this patience, like realize that they're probably one of your better players and and just let them play their game, right? Don't try to, to change them into something that they can't be. And you um, put them with players that they can succeed with rather than... Then yeah, exactly. A little bit Why? like you say with Pugliari, that that you put them in with players to succeed with, and and then build from there. You can adjust other players randomly a little bit, but but you need these uh, shooters, especially yeah. to to have the guy to deliver the puck. We see it with Ovechkin and Beckstrom and and other players as well, obviously. Um, well, this is Montreal pod, and and there was some instances. Uh, I thought it was a great series of games between Edmonton and, and Montreal this year. It was, uh, as you mentioned earlier, playoff caliber games in, in many ways. There was uh, hard uh, fought battles. But but one thing that stood out was McDavid's elbow to, to Jesper Kotkaniemi. What was your take on yeah. that? Well, it wasn't a good play. I'll be the first to admit that McDavid did have a late elbow that caught caught Gammy up high. And, you know, if they did suspend him, I would understand. I wouldn't be another fan being like, well, it's, he can do that. He's McDavid. Um, absolutely not. That's There should be a standard for every player, no matter how skilled you are, that you can't do stuff like that. So, um I'm on your side here, Montreal. I, I think it was I think it was a bad hit. 
Um, that being said, I think uh, the officiating in some games were a little lackluster on both sides. Um, I thought Shea Weber in uh, one of the games in Edmonton, I believe, was uh, had blackmailed the referees on not calling any cross checks or or interference on Leon Dreisaitl. It was a little concerning there, but uh, you know what? I've had I had people in the comments section of my post game on that game just call me out for that. So I'll take your hate. That's just my opinion. I mean, like we're we're, we're debating hockey. There's obviously going to be different topic, uh, different views on, on different plays. But yeah, I can I can see that. And I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of of Shea Weber. I've never been after I saw that uh, when he took uh, Henrik Sederberg's head and just bashed it into the plexiglass after the uh, the whistle had gone. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm not arguing Weber's case here at all. And to be fair, you know that's midnight. Uh, that's way past midnight in Sweden, so I didn't watch most of the Oilers game. And when when they unless it was the ten o'clock start for you uh, for, for Montreal, because then it was four a.m. here, so I could go up and then watch it before work. Jeez, oh. <laughs> oh god, that would absolutely kill me. I'm I'm not an early bird, so I'm happy I'm here that I can watch it in the the evening. <laughs> Especially when they lose, <laughs> the, the kids yeah. in school are getting a tough treatment that day. I can tell you that. <laughs> and obviously, half of my class is Toronto fans. So, <laughs> oh boy, that's. We, we don't like uh, Toronto fans in Edmonton and in Montreal. I know we have that in common. Yeah. Uh, when you when you look at it um, through the north, and, and we, we've sort of matured into it, looking to, to Montreal and Toronto, you mentioned uh, earlier that you had uh, Toronto um, not going through something, and just a gut feeling, you can't really pinpoint it. But, but um, what do you think? I, I, I like Montreal. Uh, I like their game this season. I think they're pretty, you know, I think they lack like the true star power of some of the other teams, but they also are a very balanced team. Um, I just saw that Jake Evans line against Edmonton the other night, just absolutely dominate the Oilers. And, and I think that's their third or fourth line. And that's, that's pretty impressive for a third or fourth line to do against a team with Leon Dreisaitl and Kyra McDavid. Um, so I just like their depth. I like their balance. I feel like all four lines can contribute something against the opponent. And then they have solid defense too. And and their goaltender, again, is, is an X factor in the series. If Jake Allen or Carey Price are on their game, well, they're, they're really good goaltenders. Um, and I think they, despite being outmatched in star power, they can fight with almost any team in the league if they're on their game. Um, I know a lot of people have been um, skeptical of Montreal because they have been kind of a when they're on they're on and when they're off they're off team but you know I think the playoffs will get them motivated and it, it, if even if they don't um, beat Toronto it's going to be a good series it's not going to be Toronto in four or five I think this series is destined to go six or seven it's just my gut feeling I just I don't trust Toronto to get past that first round they, it's been they've been snake bitten the past like decade here with the first round and I think Montreal can continue that it's been it's been longer than the a decade. Hasn't it been two or three decades? It yeah. Seems like <laughs> it's been uh, a long time. And and we all seen the Lord of the Rings, and uh, we know Bilbo gets away with it in the end. And uh, obviously, he's not a star yet, but he's on the verge of becoming one in Montreal. Cole Caulfield might might be that X factor as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Cole Caulfield came into the league and made an immediate impact a lot faster than I thought. I thought he was going to have a few uh, weeks of adjustment. 
and trying to get used to the NHL speed and size, but no, he's, he's made work with what, what his frame and, and weight is. And he's continued his fantastic NCAA play into the NHL season. And he's just a really good player. I just, I love Cole Caulfield. I hope the best for him. That smile. I mean, like every, every guy or every fan really, uh, enjoys to see someone scoring and, and have that smile. He looks like he's a child on the ice scoring, you know, um, when we all were kids who looked like that and hoping to win the cup and, and he, he still looks like it when he's playing for the cup. So, so it's great in that regard. Um, finally then, your, uh, your thoughts, is it four games or, or five games or six games or seven games in the Jets um, Oilers series? Ah, this is hard. Um, I, I tend to jinx the Oilers whenever I call them uh, winners in a series, but I'm going to call them a winner in a series. I think they got what it takes to continue their dominance over the Jets. I'm not going to say four. That's too optimistic. I think Connor Hellebuck can at least steal one. I'm, I'm going to say five. I think the Oilers in five is a good guess. Um, I think they're just too skilled up top. And Winnipeg plays too much of a run and gun game where this is the exact team you don't want to play that type of game against. So it works in Edmonton's advantage. And a risk for, for nerves on Edmonton's behalf if Hellebuck steals maybe the, one of the first two games. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the question that you cut out for a second there? Uh, so is there a... A chance for nerves on Edmonton's behalf if Hellebuck steals one of the first two games. Yeah, for sure. Nerves for has been an amazing defense defenseman all year long, and um, oh, I, I meant nerves as oh nerves, nerves. Oh, they said nerves. Sorry yeah. about that. Um, but we can well, talk about sure. nerves as well because he has been good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, nerves for sure. If the, if Hellebuck is able to steal one game. It uh, it'll creep into Edmonton's mindset. You know, they're just a year removed from that Chicago series where they got down early. So especially if, if the Winnipeg Jets steal that first game, nerves will definitely creep into their game and they have to be able to to stave them off and then just reset and, and go into the next game with a with a winning mindset. So we have listened to uh, Preston Hodginson, NHL Hodginson on on Twitter. Uh, thank you for joining us and and uh, give a shout out to your own podcast if people want to listen to that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, thank you for having me here. I, I always like talking to uh, to you and the Montreal fans who listen. Um, you can listen to our Copper and Blue podcast. It's over at Copper and Blue. We have a really um, generic name. We're just called the Copper and Blue podcast. We record every Sunday and release episodes every Monday at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, and yeah, we just talk about the Oilers. We talk about whatever's on our mind that week. It's a, it's a weekly podcast, so uh, be sure to give it a listen. Thank you, guys. And uh, make sure to subscribe to, to our podcast as well and, and uh, keep the comments coming in. There will be a four-episode uh, four series here with the four teams of the uh, North Division before the, uh, the playoffs starts. Uh, thank you again, Preston, and uh, good luck in the playoffs. Yeah, you guys as well.